Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. I am your host, Ben Dull. We recorded an episode here with Keith Guestwine of High Post Hoops, who's doing a great job covering the Indiana Fever, doing kind of a, a mid-season check-in on the Fever. And we recorded this on Thursday. I'm, you'll be re- listening to this, and it'll be released sometime over the weekend. So their their game with the Mystics has likely concluded already at this point. But, but uh, most of what we talked on was just Keith's been around the team all season, so just kind of getting his sense on some of their key players, including their two all-stars and, and some of their younger players and the progress they're making and just kind of what needs to happen for them to kind of stay in contact and, and maybe even uh, maybe even stay on the bubble and maybe even maybe even sneak in uh, with that eight seed. So let's get to that conversation from Thursday with Keith. All right, on the line, I've got Keith Guestwine here to talk about the Indiana Fever and Keith I thought it'd be fun to start talking about the two all-stars that this team has. Perhaps a bit of a surprise to some people that they got two in. Yeah, yeah. the Fever are going through a rough losing streak, so it was nice to see some, some positive news, you know, surrounding the Fever. Um, I know Wheeler's just having an outstanding year. It's it's great to see her uh, being recognized. Um, and as Candace Dupree said in the Fever's press release, she was even kind of surprised uh, to get this selection. But, you know, she's been such a model of consistency and she's a player that you know i'm just trying to enjoy watching as often as possible and however many years she has remaining so yeah good to good positive um with the fever in the middle of kind of a rough losing streak form right now yes so so for wheeler obviously a a little bit of a just a new kind of new standing with the team for her just being a full-time starter where I think I, I think some may have expected Kelsey Mitchell to just kind of outright have the keys and maybe even for Wheeler to already be assuming a backup kind of role now but Wheeler's kind of been the lead guard and what what have you what have you kind of noticed I guess first just just with Wheeler just her her confidence in that role um, kind of being the person with the ball in their hands a lot and, and just how she's kind of setting everybody else up on offense yeah, um, I was talking to her a little bit before Sunday's game, and she said her goal is she tries to step it up a notch every year. Um, she was feeling good after helping her Russian team win the Euro Cup. Um, and again, I know it's not the same level as the WNBA, but the confidence she gained from that experience is kind of carried over. And then she's just telling me like, she, she just tries to be whatever her team needs to be. Um, like, whether it be distributing the ball or she's had some games where if she's feeling a shooting touch early, um, like the game at Connecticut early, she had 26 points, 11 of 15 shooting, uh, victory at Chicago in June, 28 points, six of eight threes. Um, you know, just whatever she needs the team to be to get the offense going is, you know, she's more than accepted that role and just being like an inner high energy player, um, just constant energy throughout um, throughout the game. Um, it's just it's just fun to watch her play, and it's cool to see you know her you know being an undrafted free agent. All the work she's put in pay off um, and get recognized with this All Star selection show. Um, with Victoria Vivians getting hurt before the season started, that just killed the Fever, and they needed somebody to step up um, from an offense on the offensive side of the ball. And Wheeler has tried her best to to do that for the team so and she's she's shooting the ball well from all over the place she's 
Yep. She's 40% from three, but 50% on on shots outside, two-pointers outside the restricted area. So there might might be a little bit of crashing down to earth there. Yeah, so yeah I'm wondering. She, she, yeah, if I'm looking up her, oh, I had her stats pulled up. I think the past few years, like her three-point percentages were like in the upper 20s and lower 30s. So yeah, I'm, I'm wondering if she can continue this level of 40% three-point shooting. Um, I hope she can because the fever needs someone to who can hit some shots. I, I, I hope she can sustain it through the rest of the season. Yeah, and uh, the the inside the arc shooting is what I might even be a little more a little more concerned about. I think the three point yeah. shooting can kind of understand her getting a little better with that. And, yeah. and even I mean, even last year, I think there were a lot yeah. of moments where. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I was just saying, like last year, even last year, I think it's just like there were still moments where she was like a little hesitant to take those. So I think that's kind of even just visually. I think there and. You know, you, you can uh, you can speak to this better than me. You're there. I mean, it, it seems like just her her willingness is is up a, no- a notch. Yeah. Um, again, it just depends on the game. If she if she's like she's she's very much of a feel energy kind of player. If she's feeling it early. She's going to keep taking those shots. And if not, she's going to distribute and get the offense going a little more. Um, you know, there are games where she's just catch and shoot, and there are games where she catch and uh, hesitates a little bit. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, whether she can sustain that throughout the rest of the season. And the other all-star, you you highlighted uh, the the quote from Dupree, but it, it's th- this was one of the I was I said I was I just said to somebody recently like the the Dupree one. I understand the coaches putting her in there because yeah. you watch games play out against the Fever and teams. Are, and this is, I mean, it's just a very rare, almost unique thing to say, but opponents are almost afri- are, are afraid at the thought of Candace Dupree being left open to launch an 18-footer. And it's the shot that everyone wants to crap on and, oh, it's an inefficient shot. Well, no, the people that are good at it should be taking it. And Candace Dupree is one of those people where teams really have to react to the threat of that. And it's just, it's a constant on every single possession. Totally agree. It's like, do what you do and do it well. I mean, you know, 14-year career, she's averaged over 10 points a game every year. You know, every year for the Fever, she's a top scorer and rebounder. It's like, you know the Fever's offense is doing well when you see Dupree getting open 10-footers. Um, the last few games, I don't know if it's like we you know, playing teams a second time, but I've seen a lot more like forced kind of fadeaways from her, and she's still, you know, contributing. Um, but yeah, seeing Dupree left open from 10 to 15 feet, I just love watching that happen um, as many times as possible. And I think that you know, and, and the ni- the nice thing about Dupree is that she's been she's been so important for them as that release valve because sometimes you know she gets it and nobody really has an advantage and she kind of has to get a shot. And the Vivian's injury and maybe Kelsey Mitchell not playing quite. As well as somewhat of hope right now, which we can get to, we can get to that part of it later. But uh, there, there would have been even more options, you know, to kind of balance that out, yep. where it, where it's kind of all on her shoulders. And I, I think that's kind of a little disappointing because you know, however, like you you alluded to it, however long she continues to play, I'd like to see a a, a more balanced fever attack with her still being a pretty big part of it. Yeah, I, you said Kelsey Mitchell, right? Sorry make sure yeah 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 it's it's the up and downs of of yeah i I don't 
again, she's she's one who seems like she needs to see the ball going into the basket early in the game. Um, you know, I, I've rarely seen a player as streaky as her. I mean, I, I swear she could score forty in a game if you know she's on. I'm you know leading three point field goal leader in NCAA history. Um, yeah, but it, I. I know she puts a lot of, like, talking to the players this year, she puts a lot of pressure on herself. I feel like she senses the fact that, you know, with Vivian's out, she's got to be the one, their perimeter threat. She she, she knows that. Um, and I, I know she puts a lot of pressure on herself, so I don't know if that has something to do with it. But, yeah, just the inconsistency. Again, when she's on, she is a beautiful player to watch, but that unfortunately doesn't happen as regularly as we all would like and back to kind of Dupree's role when she kind of has to do something with the ball when when the, the jump shot isn't there. I think one kind of one thing that I feel will kind of be in, invigor, invigorating for her. And I think it was you that had a, a quote from her on this talking about her connection with McCowan, like telling her Tierra McCowan to always have her hands up ready for the ball, because I think that is an interesting avenue for them to pursue because she hasn't always had that big center to throw it into and like as we saw like you know the game winner at the very beginning of the season right you know McCowan gets the smaller player switched onto her and that that dynamic where Dupree can drive to score for herself or look to set up McCowan a little bit even more as the season goes on yeah as the season's gone it it seems like yeah Dupree's getting much more comfortable lobbing there there seems to be a bit more of a rapport going on between Dupree and McCowan which is kind of cool to see develop um and, and yeah, hearing, you know, she's, they, Pokey definitely calls, you know, Candace the coach on the floor, um, which is huge for all the young players we have. Um, but yeah, it's been cool to watch that Dupree McGowan rapport kind of develop over the season, like, you know, get more comfortable lobbing the ball into her in the paint. Um, it's been fun to watch. So let's, uh, a, little, a little more, a little more on McGowan. You know, what have you seen maybe from, looking back on the early moments of the season to now where she's she's got more starts on her belt and just playing racking up kind of those longer five six seven minute stretches on the court what are you noticing as she's kind of now kind of halfway through her her rookie season yeah uh yeah rebounding has been so huge um and again pokey just after games constantly raves about how McGowan helps their interior defense. Like last year, the Fever were allowing opponents to shoot like 47%. And this year, opponents' field goal percentage is down to 41%. Um, and McGowan, or Pokey's always raving about McGowan's altering shots. She's altering shots. I know you all don't see it, but she's altering shots. Um, and, you know, she's averaging, I think, and she had like 28 blocks. Last year, Achanwa led the Fever with 23 blocks. Um, so, so just the interior defense has been fun to see the rebounding has been nice i swear there are some possessions where the fever just the shot clocks running down oh just throw the ball up and just hit the rim and try to get put here get a rebound and put back um i swear there's been plays where fever players are just have, have, like that's the offense like oh just let throw it up and i know tierra will get the rebound and put back um she does have, sometimes struggle with foul trouble like in the Vegas game on July 10th at home, uh, she picked up her third foul like early in the third quarter. And I sit right next to the Bill Lambeer, the Vegas bench, and Lambeer immediately yells out to Kayla McBride, hey, she's got three. And Kayla just kind of nods. And they're just like going at her the rest of the second half. 
so she eventually got 5,000 the fourth quarter, and then near the end, Liz Cambage just put her head down, drove right past her, knowing she's going to get a layup um, to put him up two with like a minute left, or at least tears for foul. So staying out of foul trouble has been important for her, and um, defending bigs on the perimeter is also something she's trying to have to get a little more used to and more comfortable with. Um, so... Yeah, so you you mentioned the kind of just the rim protection and altering shots and just being around and so I think so one of the one of the one of the many things now available on the WNBA stat side is I was able to pull that up uh, just now last year against opponents Fever opponents shot sixty six percent in the restricted area against them second highest mark in the league uh, and they also opponents also took the third most attempts per game in the restricted area compared to this year where opponents are shooting 53.9 percent the lowest mark in the league and more around middle of more around middle of the pack in terms of overall attempts so i think as as impossible as it is to quantify defense i think that is kind of always a mark of at least you're doing something to deter stuff around the basket and obviously a big center is you know one of the big drivers of that yeah that's that shows it perfectly <laughs> yeah the perfect stat and, and you mentioned the stuff on the perimeter like that was always like the you know that was the thing like when she was in college that was easy to point to it and, and like for one like it's true of like everyone like everyone has to yeah. like be able to do that stuff because it's also like who are you guarding out there right like you're not just guarding a bunch of run-of-the-mill stretch fives you're gonna guard you're gonna have to spend some time on natasha howard who is gonna run right by every center anyways yeah. and john well jones uh, right has loved playing the fever recently i think she's right. had some like career highs or season highs the last couple of games against indiana um yeah right so i mean so many of those players are established established superstars so while it was you know while it was something that uh definitely deserves some attention it's it wasn't necessarily you know it's i think it's something that for you know four years from now it's going to be a really important thing to take stock of but for now you know they're they're obviously much bigger fish to fry and the fact that they can at least like get some stops we're seeing them compete in some games but that might be a good time now to kind of just get into as you mentioned, the the, the kind of losing skid they're stuck in right now. It's seven of eight since that Chicago game. What what are you seeing that maybe was happening for them earlier in the season that isn't now, or or just any anything that's changed or just gone a little differently for them? Yeah, um, well, they're five and zero oh against Dallas and New York, and one and twelve against everybody else. Um, <laughs> That'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Th- this recent homestand has been, you know, they've lost seven straight at home, but this recent homestand has been, you know, Vegas, Sparks, Connecticut, and then tomorrow they got Washington. So it's like, you know, the Fever game notes referred to this as an obstacle course of a homestand, which which is accurate. But like at the same time, if you want to, you know, before the season, they're saying, hey, yeah, we're we're going to contend for a playoff spot. We know we got it you're going to have to beat one of these teams because every team in WNBA is good. So, right. like, I know these teams are all the top, but eventually you've got to beat a top team to be, you know, if you want to accelerate this rebuild process um, a little quickly. I guess um, the, the there's been a bit more, I 
getting back to defense, um, that was uh, coming into the season a big emphasis. The team, um, especially with Vivian's out, um, was they said getting back to blue collar Indiana fever, you know, gritty style of play. And I guess like against the Sparks, they really on on Friday got away from that. The Sparks, you know, ninety points. Um, and I saw the fever kind of get back to that against Connecticut. So I'm eager to see uh, what their defensive intensity is going forward. It seems like they kind of need, need to remember and remind themselves of the defensive intensity that they wanted to display coming into the season. Um, so, and and they're they're sure going to get tested on Friday. They've got yes. they've got three and five uh, before the break here and. Elena Deladon's got a mask on, so I would assume that means she's going to give it a go, and that's obviously yeah. a team that's going to... The offense, I, the, 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 phrase, the phrase I love keep tacking on is that, you know, offense is down in the WNBA outside of Washington. You know, the one, the one team that, is, that has continued to score at a mark you'd expect from a top team, and it's... I think the the fun the fun one for them will will be the the final one before the break. They get Phoenix again, and it's yes. McCown versus Griner. And if Dinah Trossi still isn't playing, like Phoenix gets a little, you know, they get a little shaky out there. They're they haven't been very consistent. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm eager to see them get get through Washington tomorrow. See what they can do. And again, Indiana's been better on the road than home anyway. They're four and five on the road and three or two and seven at home. Um, so we'll see what, yeah, getting down against Chicago. And in the Chicago Fever Series, the road team has won like their last eight games in the Chicago-Indiana Series. So with that game being at Chicago, maybe that's you know something we can get back on track. Uh, Phoenix has appeared, to, has been a team that's like has, has looked to have our number this year. Um, so I don't know if that's going to, so they're, they're going to have to play a lot better against Phoenix on Tuesday if they want to go into the All-Star break. Um, on a high note, because their their one real blowout, like twenty five point loss, was at Phoenix um, in a few weeks ago. And then when they played Phoenix before that on the ninth at home, they fell behind like twenty five at halftime and needed a big run at the end just to make it respectable looking. Um, so we'll, yeah, it'll be it'll be eager to see um, how they can close out these next few games and sit any sort of momentum going into the All Star break. Yeah, and and when it comes to closing games out, and and the next player I wanted to get to in in Kelsey Mitchell, obviously the one time they were out here in Vegas, it was an incredibly exciting game, uh, including Kelsey hitting some massive shots in that overtime and, and making the kind of plays like like the player that she is, who is you know I, I don't I don't totally know it it doesn't always come across very much. You know, Indiana is still very much looked, seemed to be looked at as just kind of a team at the bottom, and they're kind of trying to just like cobble together as much talent as they can. But you know, Kelsey Mitchell, like if she plays like the player she was in college and the one she's flashed to be, and, and just and and can take, can kind of start taking some some incremental steps as a scorer, like Kelsey Mitchell is, is something that the league has never seen before. Like somebody yes. that at, at the, already at this age, that is just. That is just such a prolific off the dribble three point shooter. It's no one sees it. No one's seen it before. And and Diana Taurasi, you know, Diana Taurasi is the only one that really does it on a similar volume. And obviously, 
you know, she's been very open like the last couple of years that she was, she had to be really intentional about kind of, you know, trimming the, you know, the tougher twos and that stuff out of her diet. And if Kelsey just like continues to shoot with the confidence that like with yes. the tools that she has, I mean, it's, at, at some point she's got to produce, but you know, I think it's, it's always something that people kind of have to, they can't, they have to look at it as something that's burbling. That's just sitting there that one day it might really pop. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm beyond eager to excited to see Kelsey's, um, career and see her going forward. By the way, that, that Vegas fever game, they've played two of the more entertaining games this season, especially the one in Vegas. That was one of the more entertaining games of this season, that 102-97 overtime game in Vegas. One. That was just a fun game to watch. Um, anyway, and yeah, I totally agree about Kelsey. It just, it'll be interesting to see what you know helps her get going and more consistent because we, we, you know, the coaching staff has all the confidence in the world in her. It's just a matter of getting her consistent and letting her display her talents that she has. What and and what do you make of the just the way they've handled? You know, I mean, even you know, last season when they brought Cappy Pondexter and she was coming off the bench, but this year she's she's off the ball. I mean, do you think that has any might have anything to do with it? Where it's you know, sometimes she's just kind of standing in the corner a lot, and then there are other times where she, Wheeler's off off the court, and then the ball is just in her hands all the time. I mean, it is like they are like two drastic things to kind of bounce between. Yes, um, exactly. You, you said it exactly right. Um, it's like she's either standing in the corner, or when she she'll bring the ball up the floor in like half a second. And again, one of the things that Dupree told me is that she she's told she's telling Kelsey and all the guards like sometimes you all just play too fast. You play like your pants are on fire, so you 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 can't go a million miles an hour all the time. But at the same time, you can't just stand in the corner and you know have the team forget about you. So there's got to be a happy medium that Kelsey's still trying to figure out. Um, I have the past few games. I have heard there. I, Pokey and I think Candace said they're playing Kelsey a little less at the one. Uh, so maybe they're trying to, you know, run some some sets to get her some open shots. Um, you know, she was 0 of 6 from 3 against Connecticut, but she had two that were in and out. I remember that would have been huge. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Like, you can tell they're experimenting with different things to try to get her going try to build her confidence early and avoid having her just stand off to the side because that is exactly not what this team needs right now yeah and it is that like there's so much truth in, in Dupree saying that especially for Kelsey because like with you know when she has the ball like it's I mean there are times you I mean you can pause it the, t- the screen you can do this you know she'll she'll get a ball screen and she'll just go into a full sprint and like yeah. if she would have just like taken one very slow dribble you know to her left or to her right like the window's there to shoot like a wide open three you know so there are the times where she's just you know she's sometimes she's like in a rush to go nowhere and, and i think i think sometimes yes. she kind of takes takes some good shooting opportunities away from herself yeah yes exactly in a rush to go nowhere yep that's and you know just getting a feel and you know it may take her another season or so but um yeah <laughs> It'll be interesting to see how they continue experimenting with ways to get her more consistent. And, and because, like she, and because she is, I mean, she's legitimately like very fast. Now that she isn't often like a name that's thrown out there as one of the fastest players in the league, but 
it's almost it's almost this thing for her where like when she spends a lower percentage of her time playing at full speed is when she'll really be you know even more even more dangerous because then they're you know the the stops and starts will be more drastic and when they all have a purpose to them you know it just it makes her such a more dangerous player because i think you know like tying this in with mccowan like what makes it so interesting is now that they can command the defensive glass even more it it makes them a much more dangerous team in transition if they can get out and run yes and then that's another key for them getting defensive stops and getting out and running in transition um they've got their team that has to get those easy transition baskets because for times when their offense is struggling and and one other memory about kelsey she was telling me the other day about how she loved alan iverson growing up and she always wanted to be like alan iverson and she's had some slick just handles this year where the crowd's like oh you know she puts someone down on their side but then then i'm like then she misses the shot like oh you would have been on a highlight film if you would have made that shot kelsey because you did everything um except make the shot but um anyway just like but yeah anyway it's it'll be um interesting to watch this team going forward yeah i mean she had the uh I think it was in Dallas she had ones where she just like went between the legs on Glory Johnson and nailed it from like five feet behind the line. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she totally has the potential. Like, I, I, I never think any of, like, she, she takes a bad, I don't think she takes bad shots. Like, if she comes down and hoists up a three, you know, as long as she's not too heavily contested, I'm fine with that. Like, shoot, you know, shoot or shoot. And, um, you know, she's not going to rebuild her confidence by just, being passive and passing things up so I, I love seeing her shoot i know some people disagree with that but i don't mind seeing her shoot so i wanted to get i want to get to now to uh maybe maybe for some people a little bit of an under the radar uh player but somebody they they brought in in free agency this year and has been starting for them on the wing and that's been Laney who came over from connecticut and she's kind of been just you know all the i mean a lot of the cliches but you know she fights hard she's physical you know she gets on the glass and she's kind of that you know kind of that stopper wing from them and it was you know it was a really it was a really good really good move by them especially in the wake of the vivian's injury definitely uh my my wife takes photos for high post tubes um again if you don't follow her on instagram she's at Kimberly Guestwine photo. Her photos are amazing. She's, she takes so many photos, I swear, of Benaja, where Benaja is just walling up on defense with her arms straight up, cutting off the defender while absorbing like an elbow to the ribs or a shoulder to the throat. I mean, just the, the photos of Benaja are all just pure 100% defensive intensity, full on contact. Um, arms straight up just cut just walling someone off it's been fun to watch her play defense as much as mccown has helped their interior defense uh laney has been um huge on the perimeter um and, and she's just been fun to watch defensively this year and they've got a they've got a really interesting wing core because it, it's you got tiffany mitchell who kind of does some pretty similar things in that vein a little gives them a little element game to the foul line and obviously they were able to pick up Kennedy Burke, and you've got Shanice Johnson in the mix. It, it, it's it seems like that 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 group kind of gives them a competitive advantage because they have just a lot of a lot of names to pull from to give them minutes out there. Yep. Definitely, well, I like against the Sparks on uh, Friday at home. They were down ninety to sixty five, 
with like three and a half minutes left. And then the bench, which was like Shanice Johnson, Kennedy Burke, uh, Erica McCall, Stephanie Mavunga. I think Laney or Tiff Mitchell was in there too. Anyway, they scored the last 19 points of the game. Like, in the, and to make it a six point game at the end, like, where was this throughout the end? The crowd was going crazy in the last three minutes. Like, it's crazy 19 0 run to end the game that came out of nowhere. Um, unfortunately, they were down 25 when it happened. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Pokey was just like, I commend those for having the guts to play and do that at the end. Um, so it's. And the, the the key for that group is, and obviously what Vivian's gave them is that shooting, because when you have yep. Wheeler and Mitchell drawing so much attention, you need players to hit those shots. And for the most part, you know, I, I think I think Shanice is like, I think Shanice, like based on past performance, is like you know about about an average shooter. And I think the other three, it might be a little bit more of a concern where it's they kind of have to prove it a little bit. And I think. And the the interesting thing is the outside of Shanice, those other three are so young that like it's it's really like a, a, a long term like competitive situation going on there too. Yes, yeah. Um, again, I, I I was not disappointed to see the Fever not make any moves. You know, with the um, with the roster move deadline. I don't know what it's called um, on Sunday, but um, yeah, I, I just I want to see this roster stay together. Um, and finish the season, and I just hope they can really just lock in as a team that's going to establish defense as our number one priority, um, kind of like, you know, Hagler's trying to do in Dallas with them. Um, anyway, I, 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 I'm eager to see these players. Like, when the bench comes in, it's like I don't feel like there's a huge drop off um, for this team. And then we have been lucky this year. Like, you know, we've – and besides Vivian's and you know, Shanice Johnson was out for a few years. But, like, comparatively, we have not been too devastated by injuries. We didn't have any going to Eurobasket. Um, so, anyway, I'm just... What is the... And, and, and with Shanice, what's the latest on her with the knee? Because she came back and had a knee sprain. And, and, just, and also just, like, what have you noticed just from your view just watching her out there? It's, it's getting back in the groove. You know, she played the first two games. You know, she missed middle of 2017 she tore her acl out all of 2018 um and i talked to her going into the season before in training camp and she was like yeah you know i man this league's gotten so much better in just a year and a half i've been out i've got to be on my a game so that's one thing she was telling like even just the year and a half she's been out this league has gotten so much better um and so she's she knows she's got to really step it up and then two games in um she sprains her knee at the end of practice. I think she misses four games, you know, so she's just now getting back into the groove of playing consistently. Um, so, but again, she's just another like, veteran energy person that this team needs to provide some leadership on the floor when things go downhill. Like, hey, guys, keep it together. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if before the season, one of the things I did was I, I went back and watched, you know, some some fever some old fever playoff games and just the entire time just watched Shanice and and it was interesting because you know they really took care of her you know keeping her on the roster last year and it, it was it was, it's going to be a really she's going to be a really interesting player for them if she can kind of return to form uh, athletically yeah. and just with and her I just confidence. pulled up her, her game notes she actually missed seven games from June 1st to June 19th because of that knee sprain so it was more than I thought. So you know, she's she's just now getting back into the groove, and um, hopefully she can 
keep that knee healthy the rest of the year. Absolutely. And to, uh, to before we wrap up, I, w- I did want to mention uh, Natalie Achanwa, who I think it's it's interesting how you know she's kind of, she had had the contract year last year and she's she's played really well and in some ways she kind of she almost kind of doubles the shooting that they get from a from Dupree, which yep. really opens things up. But she's also you know in this interesting place in her career because sometimes they go McCowan to start against you know a bigger center and sometimes it's her out there and now it's it's kind of a but but they do have you know a, a nice three player rotation there that kind of they can kind of make it work against anybody. Yeah, uh, Pokey has talked about how much Natalie is a coach on the floor for Tierra. Earlier in the earlier in the season, Pokey said she didn't want to have too much of a Chanwa and Tierra on the floor together. She said it limited their playbook. Wasn't really sure what that meant, but it seems like, um, especially since the Minnesota game in late June, um, she's been a lot more willing to play a Chanwa and Tierra out there together in certain situations. Um, and again, she says, she, Pokey just raised about how Chan was a, just a literal coach on the floor to um, Tierra, helping her through live action situations. And Chan was said she would, after her basketball career, she'd love to pursue a, a coaching um, career whenever her WNBA career ends. So I guess she's getting some good practice right now. Um, but yeah, it's cool to, I, I like when they when they're out there together. Yeah, and uh, and certainly Achanwa as having played a lot as an undersized center, she's probably a, a pretty good teacher for McCowan because she can kind of oh, yeah. be like, hey, you know, if I can do this against way bigger players, like here's you know here's what you need to be doing. Exactly, because yeah, she she was it last year. She she was the Fevers, you know, post player up against Griner and John Quill and um, everybody else and Sylvia Fowles. So yeah, she's she's defended all of them. So. Um, you know, she she's and you know, it was impressive last year. She had such a breakout year, and um, this year she's her shooting percentages and points are even a little better than that. So, um, yeah. So so with uh, with Indiana, just anything that you know, anything we didn't already kind of allude to. I just wanted to get you know, kind of your maybe you have a couple things you're kind of watching for. Maybe some some signs of progress from players or from the team that you're really trying to focus on, and you're expecting to kind of to come in the second half of the season. Yeah, I'm hoping Paris Key gets. I'd like to see her in the game because I mean, her as a backup point guard to Wheeler would then relieve Kelsey Mitchell of you know having to run the offense. I would like to see maybe hopefully Paris Key develop a little bit more um, and get a little bit more minutes. I mean, I'm sure Pokey has reasons for not playing. I think Paris Key has played about five games this year, six games, um, but she's someone who I would love to see. Um, get a little bit more action and um, see what she can do. Um, but overall, just, you know, I've, I've asked Pokey, like, a, a few times, like, literally help me process this team because they can have, you know, they've there have been so many games they fall behind by 20 points then go on a huge run to try to come back, but it just becomes too little too late. Um, so let, let's see if we can survive this last game of their obstacle course homestand. Um, you know, get a little time to rest in the All Star break and see what they can do in August to close out the season. Yeah, they are. Uh, there's, there's still hope. They're three games out as we record this on Thursday uh, of that eight spot. They're certainly still in contact there. If they can, they can uh, 
get back on track here and maybe even get some help as all these teams are going to continue to beat up on each other. But Keith, uh, let people know where they can follow all the work you're doing this season and maybe if you have something specific already in the works that you can kind of let people know to keep an eye out for in the near term. Yeah, uh, so you can follow me at Keith Gesswine. Um, Twitter is usually where I'm posting most of my fever stuff at keith k-e-i-t-h last name guesswine g-e-s-w-e-i-n um and my wife and kimberly if she has amazing photos of all the fever uh she posts them right after the games we drive back from indy she'll get them up on instagram uh follow her at kimberly guesswine photo on instagram or just kimberly guesswine on twitter and you will see some uh incredible incredible fever game photos um so yeah, and and you both you both do great work, and it's it's uh, important to have have uh, you there as as much as you know. I can speak to how much fun it is to be in a market, you know, this season being here in Vegas, and it's uh, it's been just as fun to know that we have we have people all over the place, including yes. uh, that base covered there in 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 Indy. Yes, yeah. Thank you for having us on and having me on and to talk Indiana Fever. It's good. to get some some recognition out there for for this team because i feel like they're close i I, people my wife you know sometimes we say i'm crazy i feel like i'm crazy but i also feel like this team is close to to figuring things out and getting over that hump um we'll see if it comes this year hopefully next year we'll see but i I just feel like they're close yeah we will we will see uh we will see in these games before the break and then on tuesday we'll see uh who uh, which uh all-star team erica wheeler and candace dupree will be playing for but Until then, yeah, we'll uh, look forward to catching up with you later in the season. Thanks for joining the show, Keith. Anytime. Thank you so much, Ben.